hello and welcome to another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Uh, it's been a mixed week for um, me as an Essendon fan. As always, I'm Hamish. Joining me is the Hawthorne fan, Amos. How are you this evening, Amos? I'm well, Hamish. You're looking resplendent in your uh, green and gold tuxedo. Uh, gold's very fetching on you, I might add. You might yeah. consider changing teams after... Socceroos result this morning. Uh, I I was up bright and early, four a.m. Yes. to watch the game. Were you? Uh, no, I was uh, dozing. It's fair to say, uh, I could have bet bottom dollar it was going to be a penalty shootout. So fair I, weather, fair weather soccer fan that I am. Unless I, it's Liverpool, I'm. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I timed it perfectly. I watched the first ninety minutes, went to the gym. And got home just in time to watch the penalty shootout. Ah, nice work. Yeah, nice work. Very sharp workout then, I mm. see. So yeah. yes, but yeah, no. uh, yeah, but the gold tuxedo. I know it's Hall of Fame night in the AFL tonight. I think he's going a little bit over the top, don't you reckon? Yes, yes. Um, it, yeah, well, you know, it's a very important night. It's the night of nights on the AFL calendar in many ways, as we um pay our respects to past um superstars of the game and you know past legends. Um. It's all happening whilst we're recording tonight. So um, we're going to come up with a special episode and add a, a, our own twist on the Hall of Fame, but that's something for our listeners to look out for. Yes, so it's, uh, it's going to be a bumper episode. Absolutely. And we might even uh, get dressed up. <laughs> we might get dressed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you saying? That we have to get proper Zoom backdrops and um, release the video? No, that's getting too ahead of ourselves. Let's not yeah, do yeah. that. And, no. Simple production yeah. values here, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, I put a lot of effort into the production each week, as our fans would know. <laughs> um, a, lot of, a lot of news around this week, a lot of things to discuss. Um, the the big freeze. Did you buy your beanie? Have you supported Fight M and D? Did you watch the slide on Monday? And did you then watch the game? Uh, no, 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 and no. Um, big supporter of freeze M and D. Didn't get round to the beanie, which mm-hmm. um, we we need to address that uh, if we can this week and possibly mm-hmm. leave a donation because it's an excellent cause. Obviously, uh, my wife was uh, doing a, a take home exam yesterday which meant that i had to entertain the children for eight hours uh so we were out fair and, enough uh, didn't uh, see any of the festivities yeah. uh, got to listen to most of the game in the car and uh when i got back home i uh, took off to the pub until the last 10 minutes of the footy mm-hmm. uh, and drowned my sorrows immediately yeah the result <laughs> <laughs> yes we, we, we will talk about um, melbourne being in all sorts later but um a great result, raising over $2 million. Um, a, a lot of celebrities um, going down the slide and um, former football stars. Um, movie Ash theme Bar- this year. Yeah, movie, movie theme. Um, the funniest story for me was um, Ash Barty going as um character from Lion King and saying that um, she couldn't find it in adult size, so she had to buy a, 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 a something that was supposed to fit a 12-year-old. So <laughs> that amused me a little bit. That's quite funny. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, it's great. I think we would all, yeah, it's just one of those amazing initiatives. It's come yeah. out of nowhere, really, isn't it? So yeah. uh, long may it continue. Um, and obviously, we know that Neil Danaher's health is deteriorating. And, uh, yeah. You know, long may it continue once uh, the beast, as he calls it, uh, wins mm. the day. But, it, um, it was good to see some of the photos from the crowd with pretty much everybody mm. wearing a beanie. So they obviously yeah, all got behind correct. it and got their beanies yeah. uh, on their way into the game that day, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. day. It's a great cause, and it's uh, yeah. given real meaning to that uh, mm-hmm. Queen's birthday clash. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
another question for you before we get into some more serious discussion. Mm. Is the former member for Kuyong going to be the next CEO of the <laughs> AFL? Well, look, he's been sounded out if you believe the news reports. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. How do you feel about uh, a, a Carlton supporting uh, member in the Hawthorne hotbed of Kuyong mm-hmm. taking on the reins of the uh, AFL? I think, uh, it's- yeah, I know... You're a big liberal man, so you know you may um, you'd be happy in that score. But uh, yeah, Carlton yeah. supporting Hawthorne wielding uh, CEO could mean a complete shutout of the Essendon yeah. Football Club, and yeah, you know, the, the league might have its opportunity to bring in Tasmania by just yeah. kicking out the bombers with this. I like mm-hmm. it. Um, look. I must admit I'd prefer that he was still the treasurer of Australia, <laughs> but um, <laughs> given that he's not and he's no longer a member of Parliament. Um, Yes, the um the media reports seem to say that he was sounded out. Um, clearly, that's just um a ploy from AFL headquarters <laughs> to again attack the Essendon Football Club. Given you know, like you said, he's a Carlton fan and he's Carlton number one ticket holder, in fact, and um mm. also living in that um Hawthorne hotbed. So clearly, they're just um you know, it, it's an attack on the Essendon Football Club. Look, Absolutely, okay. they wouldn't have been sounding him out otherwise. Well, it, it's all like it's a. It's been a, a tough year for Hawthorne supporters and Bombers for that matter. But uh, mm-hmm. this this news could be warming the cockles of our hearts because it could mean that more Essendon derision is on its way. Mm-hmm. It can only be a good thing. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, apparently he doesn't want the job. That's the latest is that, yes, he was sounded out, but he's not going to take the job. But what what are they doing to Brendan Gale? Like, I think everyone thought that Brendan Gale just had the job in the bag if he wanted it. Um, but it appears that they're doing everything they possibly can to not give him the job. Well, yeah. I, I, look, he's got to want the job first. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be the natural successor in most of our opinions. Yeah. Looking what he's done, you know, at Richmond and, and mm-hmm. before that in his own career. So um, at the Players Association, and that seems to be the natural pathway. Uh, yeah. land a gig at the Players Association, then find yourself, uh, you know, through through that means into uh, AFL House. Um, yeah. So, look, if he wants it, I'm pretty sure he'll get to the, the final two or three candidates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think given that uh, they've hired an American firm to, uh, yeah. to do this, uh, just means that they're possibly looking at taking any favoritism or emotional sentiment out of it. With someone who perhaps is removed from the emotion that AFL evokes. So, mm. uh, you know, but uh, if uh, Benny Gale's good enough, uh, he'll get it. I'm pretty sure yeah. there's not too many more qualified. No. Although, you know, they're, they're, you've got um, people like, you know, Stuart Fox, who's the CEO of, um, currently the CEO of the MCC and a former yeah. CEO of um, your club. Like, so mm. there, there's other people out there, but I mean, if it was, if I was him, I, I I reckon you'd you'd stay where you were because you got a big project coming up with the um, redevelopment of the Shane yeah. Warne stand, correct. And also, you probably paid just as well, and there's a lot less spotlight on you and a lot less pressure in a lot of ways. Um, correct. With similar perks of considering all the sporting events and other events you'd get to go to as the CEO of the um, MCC. I'm inclined to agree. I think, um, but equally, I mean, he's now been the uh, MCC CEO for three or four years now. So, mm. might um, be time for a new challenge. Well, maybe, you know. So, yeah. and I think uh, those kind of roles, you'd be kind of remiss of him not to put his hand up. 
mm. at least to go through the process, uh, unless there was something else stopping it that we don't know about. But uh, mm. look, he did a great job at Hawthorne uh, under the Sterling presidency of Andrew Newbold. Mm. Uh, and, um, but I still think Benny Gales, yeah, the tip. Yeah, oh, you're right. If assuming he wants it, he'll probably get there in the end. Just given everything that happened at Richmond, um, you know they they um, put out that bold strategic plan and actually delivered on it. So yeah, um, exactly that's, right. that's a pretty good um, resume in terms of trying to go for a, a different job. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, we all looked at Damien Hardwick back in 2016, going, "Well, where's he taking Richmond?" Mm. Uh, and the fact that they stood firm and said, no, we're going to move away from what we've done in the past and and stay the course with him. Uh, it's borne the ultimate fruit mm. three times, potentially a fourth this year, which any non-Richmond fan hopes not. But, uh, um, you know, I think um, the fact that there's that strength of character not to bow to yeah. um, the fan base and that ridiculous movement that was uh, set up to oust him and Peggy O'Neill at the end mm. of 16. Uh, 2016 uh, just shows that uh, there's there's real strength there. So. Yeah. Um, we I don't think we could have a podcast this week without talking about Bailey Smith and the uh, photos and videos that have come out um, of him uh, during some low times at the end of 2021. Um, it's not a great look. Um, I don't understand young people these days taking photos like that. I would never have thought to take a photo <laughs> doing something that stupid. I mean, there's a lot of stupid photos of me, but not, not really doing anything illegal. No, um, no. but it seems um, it, it prompts a lot of discussion for me. Like, you know, the guy's 21. Um, you know, I did a lot of stupid shit when I was 21 and 21 year old men do do stupid stuff. Um, I think, um, and but you know he's also with his statement and the um, mental health lows he said he was um, suffering after the grand final loss and even coming into this season when he took a week off to um, well, a couple of weeks off in the preseason to look after his own mental health um, it, it, it's kind of a tricky situation I think because uh, you know you've got to be mindful of community standards and the fact that it is an illicit substance but also supportive of a young guy who has been set up as a poster child of the AFL, whether he likes it or not. Mm. I think uh, uh, his statement that came out over the weekend was probably the best I've seen from somebody uh, caught in the act, as it were. Mm. Um, and uh, as long as he can live up to that statement, um, then he'll come out uh, much more, uh, well, I don't know, much more loved or much more mm. respected Um than others who have trodden a similar path. Yeah. Uh, you know, the AFL has got form in this area of suspending players for a couple of weeks uh, off the back of these type of incidents. So that will undoubtedly happen. I think for me, uh, David King uh, possibly surprisingly said it best the other night on Fox where he said, look, the time has come where we stop banging on about the one person who's been caught in the act because we know that there are many, many more players uh, and others potentially uh, involving themselves in similar activities. Mm. Um, and the fact now that there's no uh, publicity with the uh, hair testing and everything that goes on mm. means that it's up to some uh, idiot who's taken the photo, posting it online in the hope of gaining some sort of recognition or financial benefit 
to the you know degradation of Bailey Smith in this instance. Yeah. Um, so as you said, you've got to be really careful that you don't uh, smash him when there's many more who the AFL would be aware of mm. in the same situation. Um, so there's it's delicate. I think uh, Kingy suggested a sliding scale of you know weeks for the infraction, depending on what the, the what it is that you're seen doing. Uh, however, you know because once it's out there, you can't. You've got to be seen to be doing something. However, there needs yeah. to be a bit more. Potentially, I don't transparency is it the right word? I don't know, uh, but I mean that's the biggest fear I have for my kids when they get to teenage years is not so much mm. getting drunk and doing the stupid stuff that we used to do back in the day. Uh, it's the ease and the cheapness of illicit drugs uh, yeah. and the lack of knowledge of actually what's going into them. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just think. He needs a bit of support, and that's all fair enough. Yeah. And there'll be others saying, "No, you know, black and white, hard line, blah blah blah." Uh, but I think, given we know it's not an isolated case, there's many others out there. Um, he's got to be given a bit of a whack, but also the support in the background yeah. to make sure that he can get himself on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And he started that himself with that statement, so hopefully he can live up to that too. So yeah, yeah. I want to contrast um, the commentary and attitudes around what's happened um, with Smith, with um, the commentary and um, attitude that's happened um, around Jason Horn Francis after he's, um, I'm going to call it a meltdown on the field over the weekend. Um, mm. You know, his dismissive attitude towards Goldstein when Goldstein was trying to calm him down. He's just general demeanor on the field. And the fact that he whacked, I can't remember who it was he whacked from GWS around Kelly. the head. But yeah, just when he whacked Josh Kelly around the head and um got himself a two-week suspension there. He's a guy that's clearly um in turmoil. There's the rumors already that he wants out of the club and he wants to go home, but he doesn't seem to be getting the same sort of support that Bailey Smith did, given the pressure on him as an 18-year-old number one pick. It's all seems to be pull your head in, get your shit sorted kind of thing. Um mm-hmm instead of accepting that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a young guy and maybe he needs more support and then he will get his shit together and live up to his potential. Yeah, it seems to me, uh, look, let's call a spade a spade, you know, he did the wrong thing hitting Josh Kelly and he's mm. popped his back. That, that actually might be the very best thing for him. Yeah. Got the bye this week, plus a couple of weeks off. Go and cool your jets and chill out for a couple of weeks. Not saying go on mm. holidays or do anything like that, but just, you know, get out of the limelight, you know, don't, don't have to worry about your performance for a couple of weeks other than what you do off the field. Uh, and if that means going back to Adelaide to spend a few days with his folks yeah. and whatever, then so be it. You know, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Uh, I think there was a bit of um, an issue with him going back to back home for Mother's Day. Mm. I mean, come on, it's 2022. Uh, it's not as if traveling these days is difficult and it takes yeah. you, you got to go on an eight yeah. hour drive to get to Adelaide. And it's under an hour there. on a plane. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. I mean, I appreciate COVID. Uh, you know, there's implications with that, but equally, um, yeah, for family celebration, I don't think, I think too much is made of that. Um, but it seems to me, so I don't have an issue with him and Goldstein having harsh words with each other. The added, mm. It didn't look great. Let's be honest. No. Goldstein came out today apparently uh, and said it very well. He said, you know, we got together at halftime. We talked about coming out and swinging punches at each other just to give you a real story for this week. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty mm. funny. Uh, and, but 
you know, Goldstein may well have been explaining uh, the rights and wrongs, and that's fine. Mm. Uh, but he's also a three, you know, two hundred and eighty game player. He's pretty used to three hundred and sixty degree feedback on and yep. off the field. I'm sure mm. can take it. Uh, Horn Francis potentially needs to um, uh, learn how to deal with that. However. Yep. Uh, these people saying he's got to show respect to these players, which is, is fine. I understand that there's a pecking order, but just because uh, a 300 game player is saying, well, this is the way we do it. doesn't mean that's right. Mm. And he does have the option of coming back and saying, well, it hasn't worked with 40 points down. How about we try something else? Yeah. So, uh, and you know, North Melbourne, it seems to be in North Melbourne. It's a pretty old school environment there at the moment, it seems. Mm. So uh, maybe there needs to be a bit of a, I don't know, not a softening of the, Thing, but you know, just a bit more leeway for players to, um, yeah, express themselves is not the right term, but you know where mm. I'm going with it. Yeah. So, look, he'll learn from it, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, there's also the story that beat up about him liking the post about him being traded to Port Adelaide off the seven years thing. I mean, that's innocent. Who gives a shit, really? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, and I think it's convenient all of a sudden that the media pundits are coming out saying he wants to go home to Adelaide on the back of uh, 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 a performance like that on Sunday. Yeah. A mm. very convenient timing. Had they have done it five weeks ago, maybe that yeah. holds a bit more water. But um, yeah, so. uh, yeah. Look, I think you're right. I think a couple of weeks. Yes, the way he um, went about getting himself the extended holiday probably wasn't the right way to do it, but. Um, you know they'll that they'll get a few days off for the buy to rest and um hopefully he yeah. can get home or get around the people he needs to get around and um get his you know head back on straight get his love for the game again and um yeah hopefully people will stop talking about him for a little while so he can actually take that pressure off himself exactly and it can't be easy uh we know the number one pick traditionally goes to a poor performing club some mm. of them bounce really quickly depending on the environment of the club north melbourne yeah. appears to be the absolute worst environment he could have gone to. Like yep. it appears to be Melbourne of twenty thirteen or fourteen. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so, and um, yeah, and not many of those survived. Yeah, you got to hope that he doesn't end up like one of them. Like he he started so well, and you don't, and he has tapered off. You hope that's just um, you know, a couple of weeks of um, being a young kid and being tired, and that he can get back there and get just the love of the game and yeah. deliver on that potential that he obviously has. Yeah, exactly right. So, mm. yeah, I hope that players like Goldstein and, and Zebel, who's also out for a, a few weeks yeah. now with an injury, uh, just get around him, put an arm around him and say, mate, mm. you know, value your opinion and all the rest of it, but here might be a better way to express it so we don't yeah. cop these headlines. Yeah, let's do it this way. Let's try it this way next time. Yeah, mm. yeah. exactly. So, uh, All right, let's talk about some games. Um Thursday night footy. I like Thursday night footy on the TV. I'm glad I'm not a fan of a team that's playing Thursday night footy though, because um, it'd suck to have to go in there on a Thursday night, but um, Richmond almost gave up another um, lead to Port Adelaide, but got the job done in the end. I reckon it was the Ruckman that were the difference in the end, um, having two solid Ruckman there in Nan Curvis and Soldo that probably got them across the line in the last quarter. I think so. I think they also got a bit lucky with Port's uh, injury count in mm. the last quarter too with um, Jonas and uh, Butters, I think it was, with that massive head clash. Yes, yes. Uh, and taking two of them out at the same time, basically, yeah. for you know, six and seven minutes. Well, yeah. yeah. We're going to document what's been said about that. But, uh, mm. uh, yeah, that was uh, a really 
that was huge head clash. Yeah, uh, look, it didn't look great when they came back on, but you've got to take the doctors on face value. If they pass the concussion test and you can stop the bleeding, then yeah. if they if they want to play, they want to play. Like exactly. just because you hit heads doesn't mean you're necessarily concussed at the time. So Correct. Um, yeah. Correct. So um, but I think Richmond just did enough. I thought mm. I think I was one point off the margin, luckily. Um, but I think we all expected Richmond just to do enough. Yeah. So uh, right. So it'll be interesting, but we'll talk about later, Richmond coming up against Carlton, who are in a good vein of form to see whether yeah. that sort of stuff holds. So. Yeah. Um, the We won't talk about Friday night yet. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, Saturday we had the Lions in St Kilda. The Lions um, did it, you know, it wasn't a huge margin, but relatively comfortably uh, I watched a bit of that game and it seemed like they um, just had it under control and they did all they needed to do. Yeah, I watched most of it. It seemed like they had St Kilda uh, at arm's length for most of it and mm. then were really able to, you know, uh, consolidate and, and get yeah. the win when St Kilda were down to one player on the bench in yeah. the last quarter. So, mm. um, you know, that's uh, the carnage of AFL football sometimes yeah. and you get lucky. Uh, I think Brisbane got lucky in that space because the Saints could have mounted a challenge uh, where they fully fit. Equally, yep. Brisbane did kick 10 goals, 18. So yeah. had they have had their kicking boots on, it may have been a different. Mm. And, you know, Joe, game. I think Joe Danaher did make a big difference to that um, side up forward again, you know, back in yeah. the side, kicks three goals, and that's the yeah. difference. And a bit more direct. Yeah, they were a bit more direct, weren't they? Um, mm. And with a bit, bit of a bigger presence up there. Um, yeah, and that's no uh, shot on Eric Hipwood. Um, yeah. He's just coming back from a knee rig, so. Uh, as he gets, but that's going to be a dangerous forward line mm. um, in the second half of the year as he gets up yeah. to speed. So, uh, the the Giants got the job done, forty nine points. Um, probably should have won by a hundred, but um, didn't put the didn't put the um like you, uh, they didn't put their um you know knee to the throat of um North. Um, they should have. They should have. Jason and coaches are just creating <laughs> bad habits by not demanding this. Yeah, out, outrageous. Um, no, I look. I just think they're putting the um, the academy through the paces just to see who's going to make the main list next year. Yeah, well, you expect Harry Hill will be the starting centre half back uh, mm-hmm. next year after his performance on on Sunday. So, yes, um, yeah. I'm I'm liking I'm liking Caniglio uh, spending some more time through the middle as well. I think that's looking pretty good. I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Liking uh, GWS players actually playing in the positions they were drafted in. Yeah. Which, you know, may have been Leon Cameron's downfall. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's what he did wrong. He didn't um he didn't put players where they were supposed to be. Well, in creating flexibility, you're also sort of creating, you know, uh, a team that's not as uh, potent as it possibly should be because players are not quite where they should be. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's mm. a it's a radical new thing to play players where they were where they're good at. Yeah. Um so. does David Noble Make out his contract? Does he f- finish his contract? Oh, look, I don't. I can't unless something changes in the second half and they they get a few wins mm. um, and attitudes change, as we've touched on before. Yeah, and, you know, whatever. I can't see him getting a third year uh, or finishing his third year. I should say. Um, I'm not sure they'll pull the trigger uh, right now, uh, or you know, before the season finishes. But geez, uh, you'd be starting to to sound out a few people, I would have thought. Mm. I mean, there's two there's two pretty decent coaches 
sitting in the wings at the moment who are not coaching, mm. um, who have track records of, um, well, in one case, not the ultimate success, but pretty bloody close. Yeah. Um, and then also the uh, romanticism of Clarkson coming back and completing <laughs> the circle at North Melbourne where he started. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, look, it, David Noble, I can't see him coaching next year. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I, I, I'm not seeing any improvement. Like for me, um, and um, it, it's like, yes, you've got a couple of the younger players coming through, um, you know, Davis, Uniaki and Sim- mm-hmm. Simkin, but but what's around them and who's um yeah 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 and I, yeah there's the development you know i mean powell's been pretty good since he got drafted yeah. um you know we know that um uh phillips has got glandular fever so he's probably not going to feature too much this year unfortunately mm-hmm. um obviously we've talked about horn francis um who's going to be a jet but north melbourne are not doing their best things to hold on to him i would have thought yeah um so you know it's um I just think that there's gotta be a bit of a shake up there, plus what's already happened with the uh removal of their recruiting staff halfway through the season, like yeah. before the mid season draft. I mean yeah. that's uh, there's not been not enough made of that, I don't think. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure the story will come out in the fullness of time. But uh maybe they need to get the big boy pants on and get a big boy coach. Yeah. You know, they've tried um Brad Scott since he left here. They have he uh, Reese Shaw who uh, didn't work out for mm. a number of reasons, um, and um, and now David Noble, uh, two untried coaches who, um, yeah, you know, come with great CVs and all the rest yeah. of it. But uh, maybe it's time to sort of uh, throw the big bucks at a big big fish and and see if they can do the job. Time to get Ross Lyon down there and um, pull well, the line. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> one thing we know about Ross Lyon, um, people say, oh, he doesn't, he's not attacking enough and all the rest of it, but. Mm. Uh, you don't coach four grand finals um, for nothing yeah. uh, and have a team win uh, you know, 19 of 22 games and with a combined losing margin of about 11 points. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, if I was North Melbourne, I'd be uh, just having a quiet chat on the side and saying, what do you reckon? What's yeah. it going to take? Are you interested? Can what what do we what can we do to make you come and say hello? Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm a North supporter, I don't give a shit how we win as long as we start winning. It's been mm. too many years without a win. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're a, they're a long way off, but and it's hard to sort of pinpoint where that list's going to be and how they're going to get into that um, winning zone because there's just way too many holes. Oh, and they made the mistake that Melbourne made ten years ago by removing all of their experience. Mm. Uh, with the exception of Goldstein and Zebel and a couple of others, Cunnington, yeah. and, and but uh, not having enough around these kids. Mm. Um, and obviously Cunnington's had his battles, which were well documented. Um, Zebel and, and Goldstein have been ultimate warriors for their for their club. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I wonder. I was wondering the other day if Goldstein decided to take the leap and head down to Geelong. You know, would Geelong have five premierships in this? As we talked about last week with Lee Matthews. Uh, and he have a couple of premierships under his belt at the same time because yeah. Geelong have been crying out for a gun ruckman. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to his credit, he's stuck to his guns, but might have cost himself in the end. Mm. So, anyway. Um, speaking of gun ruckman, um, Mason Cox probably had the um, second best game of his um, career after that um, finals appearance. Uh, on oh. the. Yeah, tell me about it. Went uh, Collingwood supporters purring this morning with delight mm. and 
Yeah. It's, a, it's disgusting to see. Yeah, um, I, I reckon that Cox was robbed the Neil Danaher trophy, to be honest. Um, I, I think he was best on ground. And, um, you know, and uh, of the judges, um, th- there was a level of agreement there. He only finished one vote behind Clayton Oliver in the award. Mm, and um, yeah, it's fair to say there'd be a few Collingwood fans that aren't happy with our good journalist friend and he's um, choice <laughs> to leave um, Cox completely out of the votes. Yeah, I, listening in the car, uh, as we're coming back from um, down on the peninsula, um, you can hear sort of the commentators sort of saying, "Oh, geez, Cox, you know, Oliver's dominating, mm-hmm. but is he having much impact? You know, because he didn't have that many inside fifties and things like that with his possessions." Yeah, um, the game was crying out for someone like Cox to. Um, to borrow a phrase from Billy Birmingham, take it by the thruff of the scrope. And mm. uh, um, the, uh, and he did, to his credit. Yeah. And then all you heard in the third quarter was just Mason Cox and Angus Brayshaw taking defensive mark after defensive mark mm. uh, and and uh, repelling many in attack until Collingwood finally broke the game open. So um, I think he's still... Mm-hmm. You know, as, what, much, yeah. as much as I love possessions and Tom Mitchell and all the rest of yeah. it, uh, sometimes a guy who takes a few contested barks and uh, has the true impact, I think. You know what Melbourne need to do? They just need to get the team together around the table over a nice <laughs> dinner and just ch- chat it out. I think that'll yeah. solve all their problems. Some uh, pomme de terre and a bit of steak mm-hmm. frites. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think they need to uh, smoke the peace pipe and a bit of kumbaya. Yeah. yeah. They're, um, in, I mean, they're, I, they're in all sorts. Three in it. Um, you know, winning 17 straight and then losing three in a row. They're in all sorts. Yeah, they're a bit of a rebel, aren't they? It's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, honestly, I'm not worried about Melbourne. The only concern I have is through the first uh, 13 weeks, they've only played a couple of the top teams. Mm-hmm. They took care of St Kilda. Uh, earlier in the year, they lost to Fremantle, as we know, lost to Collingwood and Sydney. Um, and they've got a reasonably tough run home. Yeah. Uh, so was it a false dawn the first 10 weeks where they've knocked off, uh, you know, some of the lesser lights, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think once they get May back, mm. uh, who just adds that struck, you know, that backbone to their defensive structure. Um, the interesting one for me, though, is Tom McDonald. There's talk that he's going to be out for most of the rest of the year. Um, and he could be a very underrated loss. Yeah. He's kind of the glue in that forward line. Mm. Um and of course, we hear Max Bourne today going for scans for potential syndesmosis injury, which, uh, if uh, if true, could be a stint on the sidelines too. So, yeah, it would be time for Luke Jackson to shine. And yeah. super, coach, super coach teams to be decimated. <laughs> decimated, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm not too concerned about Melbourne. They'll play finals. Mm-hmm. Um, just a matter of uh, what they do when they get there. One thing with Fremantle and Brisbane looking like they're going to finish in the top four, you want to secure your spot in the top two so you don't have to go to Perth or Brisbane. Yes. Yeah. And leave those two to fight out against the long, you know, with the longest strip mm-hmm. in the country. So, yeah. They're flirting with it a bit. Yeah. Um, that win's just got Collingwood into the eight, but I think, um, you know, on that the basis of that form, it, it's pretty clear that... Um, they're likely to be playing finals if they can keep playing like that. And I, I don't like it at all. I don't like them playing as well as they are. 
No, well, we could have the uh, three of the big four, in inverted commas, playing finals mm. and, and you guys not. Yeah. That would be galling. It's an outrage. Yeah. Mm. It's Again, it's the AFL conspiracy against us. <laughs> uh, how'd your team do on the weekend, Amos? Uh, look, much better than a lot of people were expecting. Uh, it was a game that we had uh, our chances to win. Uh, again, we sort of were cost by maybe 10 minutes of you know, letting Fremantle do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was disappointing to lose the game, but not a disappointing loss, if you, if you, you know yeah. what I mean. So, uh, look, the guys uh, gave everything uh, and unfortunately were just beaten by a better side on the day. Um, I was really happy with the performance given that we had uh, half of our forward line taken out during the week uh, with Lewis not playing and Gunston out uh, as well. Um, and also, uh, yeah, going to Perth, not easy. Um, but also, given that we're a youngish team coming into the bye, uh, you kind of think there's a chance that they'll just be like, oh, yeah, we've got a week off next week, so let's hit the, hit the road early. Uh, but they were really disciplined. They played really well um, uh, through the game. Jager O'Meara um, will be a smoky for our best and fairest, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He may not be getting the, the plaudits from the wider media, but um, he is doing uh, his role uh, every game. And as we know, best and fairest are voted for in most instances by the coaching staff. Uh, and that's why you turn up a few mm-hmm. surprising results sometimes. Uh, and I expect he'll be certainly in the top three or four of our clubs. So, you know, he yeah. had a great game. Uh, as did Newcomb. He played quite well as well, which is which is really good to see. Um, and, yeah, they battled away, the Hawks, but uh, just a bit more polish from Fremantle in the end. Um, yeah. And one thing, we noticed this against the Bombers that let us down. Just a couple of easy centre clearances straight out, straight yeah. out the front, um, which Hawthorne are finding difficult to stop at some point. So yeah. that was probably the difference actually. Um, you know, in a game that really, I think the biggest margin of the game might've been the actual winning margin. Um, you know, no one got out beyond more than 15 points and it was a really yeah. good game of footy to watch. So much like Collingwood Hawthorne on the week before, really good game of footy. Yeah. Uh, just unfortunately we're coming out the wrong side of it. So um, yeah, that's the way it is at the moment. Um, but uh, I like what Sam Mitchell's doing because he's uh, seems to be not one of these coaches who, um, We'll play and stick to the same game plan every week and say, well, that's how we play. And we'll mm-hmm. just test ourselves against the opposition and whoever's better on the day wins. He actually comes up with a few tactics that uh, look to try and take away some of the strengths of the opposition within Hawthorne's own structure. Uh, and the team are buying into it and doing their best to carry it out. It's not working every week, as we've seen against yeah. the Gold Coast. And, but um, uh, look, they did really well. So just unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I'll take draft pick number five when it comes yeah. at the end of the year. So. The VFL side had a buy, or were they playing no. on the weekend? No. The VFL team have got a buy this week. Yep. Uh, they uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat against Port Melbourne down at mm-hmm. the Borough. Oh, sorry, is it Box Hill? I can't remember. Um, 16 points down with in time on in the last quarter and managed to win. Oh, so, in time on. Excellent. Yes. Mm. So we'll take that. Uh, yeah. Match reports uh, for the VFL boys. Um, Entitled Box Hill Seal, a classic, which uh, it invariably was uh, in muddy conditions um, uh, on Saturday afternoon, has to be said. 
so Hawthorne are seven and three. Oh, sorry, Box Hill are seven and three um, after the victory uh, over Port uh, at was it City Oval, Box Hill. You've got first-hand experience of just how chilly it can be there, and mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it was a sunny Sunday morning that morning, um, but uh, it uh, turns out it was a brilliant game of footy. Uh, and sorry, I was to be excited. It was a fourteen-point deficit in time on. Uh, to snatch victory as the siren that's, sounded. That's still three goals. That's um, three scoring shots. So Yeah. Well, they kicked three goals in the last two minutes to win the game, uh, thanks to Fergus Green's final goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, his fourth goal, sorry, right on the siren. Uh, and, um, yeah, in similar conditions and uh, play to the senior team, uh, yeah, the margin never got out beyond four goals. Uh, and it was always a single kick uh, at the breaks. And, um, yeah, uh, setting up the team for a big second half of the year with that victory. Mm-hmm. Um, best players coming through. Uh, so, James Parsons, who's ex-Geelong, uh, kicked four goals, three with nine clearances um, and, and uh, seven inside 50s. Uh, he was coming out of best on ground. James Warple, obviously, uh, was another um, uh, key contributor with 26 touches and eight tackles and 12 clearances. Uh, nine centre clearances, which is where the senior yeah. team is lacking significantly mm-hmm. at the moment. So he might come back in after the bye. Uh, and also two goals. So uh, he had a massive game uh, down at Box Hill this week. Uh, Connor McDonald, uh, amazingly uh, listed here as a Box Hill debutant, Connor McDonald, even though he's played 10 games in the ones, uh, yeah. uh, came in with 19 touches, uh, which is really good to see a uh, young kid just being put back for a bit of a, I guess, a break, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It wasn't through form or anything, uh, but he also had nine tackles. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, good to see some of the boys there. Um, uh, who are, oh, we have a, a new ruckman at Box Hill, uh, Dave Brinker at Ritchie. Uh, plucked from Terrelga to fill a void in the ruck. Uh, 47 hitouts, so, uh, which is really good because Box Hill and Hawthorne, um, they've virtually had no ruckman all season. So um, good to see that they've got um, some cover there. Um, but it sounds like it was a brilliant game, 15-12 to 14-12 in the end. And, yeah, um, uh, yeah a, a great uh, victory to take into the bye mm-hmm. uh, across the whole club. So hopefully they, uh, both teams can get away and uh, have a bit of a, uh, a rest up and come back and attack the second half um, with vigor. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave you to report on the VFLW, seeing as you yeah. were actually there. I was um, at the game. Yes. Yeah. I've gloated ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, before, before I get to um, match reports, I just wanted to um, comment on the 150th anniversary celebrations um, most specifically, and I'll get to some of the pregame stuff in the AFL game when I talk about that game. But I wanted to um, congratulate Kevin Sheedy on being elevated to immortal status at the Essendon Football Club. He was already a legend of the club, but at their um, celebrations on Saturday night, he was um, the first Essendon personality um, elevated to that um, immortal status, given his um, impact on the football club over his time there um, as coach, um, the stuff he's done off the field, and now as a board member, I think that's well-deserved and um, worthy of that. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't think even his biggest detractor could deny that. Mm. Um, 
First game I will talk about is uh, the uh, VFLW game. Uh, Essendon took on the Hawks on Saturday morning down at Windy Hill, and what a great game of football it was. Um, not not quite as um, close as the um, game we both went to a month ago that uh, ended in a draw. It was a massive statement from the Bombers in their first final, um, downing the Hawks 8-12-60 to 1-1-7. So just a slightly different result to the last time we went out to watch them play. Uh, this puts Essendon through to a semi-final, still with a double chance. Um they take on the Casey Demons this Sunday, I believe it is. I thought it was originally going to be Saturday, but I think it's actually Sunday if I look at the um, schedule and I'm looking forward to getting down there and watching it again, at, again at Windy Hill. Um, you know, it, it was the um, same... Um, uh, it was... Um, for the most part, it was the same players standing up again, although um, leading goal kicker for the Bombers this year, um, Federica Fru was only held to one goal, but there were plenty of other goals coming around um, her, including Natalie McDonald, who kicked three for the game. Um, some of the AFL signings um, have continued a rich vein of form that got them that signing in the first place. Alana Barber had um, 20 possessions, seven tackles, six clearances and a goal. Um, Eloise Ashley Cooper, 19 disposals and four tackles. Um, and But I think the most exciting thing for me was uh, they're continuing the rich tradition of the rivalries between the football club. There was a melee in the third oh, quarter. Brilliant. And, and I, I need to thank the Hawthorne Football Club because it was that melee that actually really opened the game and um, gave Essendon the win. The melee was sparked after a free kick and uh, the umpire gave them an immediate, um, which in the goal square, which it was one goal. And then um, as the Hawthorne players continued um, to argue, ended up with another free kick in the goal square and two goals immediately, one after the other. It's- Did we at least win the fight? No. Oh, come on, <laughs> girls. <laughs> um, no, look, to be fair, it was a, was a, only really a little bit of push and shove, but, uh, you know, th- th- there was enough spite there and it was good to see that um, all levels of um, Hawthorne and Essendon are continuing Excellent. that um rich rivalry and hatred of each other. It's good to see. Brilliant. That's, that is good to hear despite yeah. the result. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, unlike what happened on Friday night at the MCG, the um, VFL Bombers uh, were able to um, steal a comeback victory over the Blues. Uh, they did come from behind, um, but, you know, two goals late in the game gave them a 12-8-80 to 10-11-71 win. Um, so great result there. Um, speaking of players playing in their position that they're supposed to, um, James Stewart, who was recruited as a forward and then tried down back, played up forward and funnily enough, kicked three goals. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, unbelievable. Yeah. It's amazing. You recruit someone to play in uh, one position, you put them in that position and they actually, um, get the job done. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was good to see Kane Baldwin get two goals to continue his good form, and make his case for getting back into the top side and um, mid-season recruit Jai McKenzie also kicked a couple as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, the um, other mid-season pick in Massimo D'Ambrosio, Debra- um, <laughs> I'm getting my tongue tied this evening, um, 33 touches and five marks. So that's good to see that um, he, they might've been... found themselves a winner there, which is good. He's been touted as a possible debutant this week mm. for the senior team. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, exciting time for the Bombers there with that nine-point win. 
now let's um you know talk about something a little bit less exciting um friday night at the mcg um, how uh, how cold were you oh sorry you were behind the bars question. <laughs> yes it's, it's fair to say that um i'd been drinking since lunchtime that day and i didn't <laughs> allow um that to stop uh, no i was just keeping warm and looking after myself so yes i was behind glass in the frank gray smith bar again um mm. drowning my sorrows um look you know i can't argue that Essendon didn't try but i'm sick of saying oh we tried um it's not it's not good enough it's um and you know they they were just outplayed um they were outplayed it, 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 you know it was tough um, you know, coming into a game where um, Harry Mackay's back and then he kicks three goals, that's always going to make it hard for you. Um, but I think, you know, the tw- I think the 24 points flattered the Bombers. I think that um, they were comprehensively outplayed and um, it's, you know, there, there's still a lot of um, the soul searching that needs to be done um, in the Bombers' defence. It's probably the best game that I've seen Dylan Shield play in a long time. Um, yeah. It was a disappointing return for Stringer, and I think um, the coach truck he did um, point that out. He, um, but you know, that could have just been him being underdone, given how few games he's actually played this season, and um, you know, someone of his level of um, uh, his um, you know his level and his passion, you'd expect that um, he'd bounce back pretty quickly. Um, the biggest concern probably out of the game was Parrish being replaced in the third quarter by Waterman. And hopefully that's not um, too serious an issue. And we can see him come back um, relatively quickly from that because he, he'll certainly be missed in a team that's already struggling. Mm, but it might allow Shield to, to sort of expand a bit yeah. and mm. carry on the good form. So yeah. um, I thought he played, I watched the game. I thought uh, Dylan Shield is probably one of your best players, to be honest. And I was actually pretty happy for him because he's copped a fair bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, Maybe he's had a rocket. Maybe he realizes his contract's coming to end. I don't know. But um, mm. yeah, I hope uh, he can sort of turn it around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, interesting, you know, to Ben Rutten and uh, David Noble just do a switcher at the end of the season and take over each other's clubs. And... No, I, I think Mark McVeigh and um, no, look, um, the, the board has expressed their full faith in the, um, <laughs> the coaching staff and uh, what their plans are. But, you know, if um, Mark McVeigh, um, Dean Solomon and uh, James Heard wanted to come back to the Essendon Football Club, I'm sure they'd be welcomed with open arms. Yes, yes. So uh, I find Ben Rutten up sweating bullets off the back of that staff. <laughs> uh, look, um, you know... Do yeah. we put any... Do we put any apportion any blame at Adrian Dodoro's feet here? Um, oh, look, but the thing is, he then comes out and finds a player like D'Ambrosio who's getting 33 possessions yeah. in a game. So, I, look, um, I, I, I don't think you can fault the talent on the Essendon list given how well they performed last year. They're just not living up to their expectations. Yeah, yes, there I, have been some injuries and yes, there have been players that have lost. Um, but you know, there have been players that are missed. I mean, mm. without Hooker up forward, it's clear that we're missing a second key forward around um, yeah. Peter Wright. Um, the mid-season um, retirement of Tip and Woody has um, shown a big hole sort of through the midfield and up on that forward flank as well. So there's, um, yeah. and there All have right. been a number of injuries. Kyle Langford's been out for a long time and he's yeah. been um, important down in defence. So 
Um, yeah, he's due it, back. Yeah. I mean, I know key key position players don't grow on trees, yeah. but uh, you knew coming in that uh, Hurley was going to be a liability. Yeah. Uh, Hooker had retired. Obviously, uh, you didn't get a chance to draft Josh Gibkiss, who went earlier, I think, mm. to the Tigers. Uh, no one's complaining with Ben Hobbs as a draft pick. I think that was yeah. a good choice. We can all yeah. agree there. But um, I just didn't. Look, looking back in hindsight, was there enough effort put in? Maybe there was behind the scenes. You yeah. just don't hear about it mm. to try and land um, or even speculate on a couple of key position players up, down, back, and up forward. Um, I don't know. It's a uh, tough one. I mean, I know you, you went after Bobby Hill from GWS, um, who we probably should point out, you know, going through similar issues to Ben Cunnington. I think we spoke mm. about last week. Um and he's back at GWS um, after initial treatment, which was good to see. Um, and obviously didn't land him, probably land him this summer. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, he, you know, with an eye to the future, looking at Stringer and Tip and Woody potentially, knowing that um, their own bodies were liabilities, mm. uh, he, you know, could have been the replacement there. Um, I don't know. I just wondered, you know, I mean, Dodoro's... Uh, He's created a pretty good list. Did he go after enough to fill the holes? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, you know, this season's obviously a write-off. Um, we'll get some relatively high draft picks. I guess it depends on what he does this year and how he does in the trade period as to whether you can say yeah. this season was an aberration and they'd have to turn it around and bounce pretty high back up the um, ladder next season to be able to argue that. Otherwise, yeah, those questions will be asked. We'll have to start listening to the uh, Road to the Draft podcast to see who the, the key picks are. Absolutely. For both of our teams. Yeah. And then we uh, can uh, bag each yeah. other on draft night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to um, the tips for next week, um, it's um, like we, we mentioned earlier, it's Hall of um, it's Hall of Fame night tonight. We, we don't know the results yet, but is there anyone that you think um, – is deserving of a Hall of Fame spot or likely to be in there? Oh, there's a few. Um, it's hard to remember who's come out, who's retired mm. less than five years ago, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you'd have to say if he's eligible, have mm-hmm. he must be close. Uh, yeah, he is. The, um, the, the five probably most likely that I saw mentioned in the media were Pavlich. Yeah. Brent Harvey, yeah, Jimmy Bartell, yeah, Corey Enright, and Dane Swan. Mm. Yeah, I don't so, think they're going to give them to all five. I don't think they've ever given them to five no. in the sort of most recent, most earliest no. year out that they're able to get it. So, yeah, I, no, I, no. I, I think I tend to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Pavlich is probably the most likely there for me. Um, yeah, and then you know they've all one best and fairest at the club, multiple all Brownlow Australians, medalists amongst yeah. them, all Australians. So they're all, yeah. they'd all be deserving at some stage. I guess it just depends on whether they give it this year or some of them are going to have to wait for a few years. None of them have, have had any particularly huge controversy controversies off the field no. as well. I mean, Dane Swan's probably the most controversial <laughs> of all of them, but yeah. even that, um, but compared think, yeah. to some of the other stuff that's happened in off-field indiscretions at yeah. Collingwood pales. at the time and across the league pales into comparison. So I wouldn't Correct. say that he'd no, be ineligible for anything there. Correct. He He's definitely deserving mm. um, just on performance alone. Yeah. Um, character reference notwithstanding. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I think you're right. You're, I mean, Pav be a shoo-in. 
yeah. for sure. I mean, you don't get six old Australians or whatever it was in, mm. in various positions. Yeah. Um, you know, captain the club for as long as he did without that mm. recognition. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, there's always going to be someone plucked out of the sample or the waffle that we don't really know about. Never heard so, of. And yeah. And we'll have to research before we do our special edition Hall of Fame podcast uh, yeah. episode. So we'll have to sort that out. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll leave that for another day, but um, that's something to look forward to. Surely, uh, surely, Jason Dunstall's announced as a legend. Surely, you'd hey, you'd sh- you'd think so, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, he's one of many who's eligible, yeah. but yeah, surely he's the biggest legend there is. Yeah. Yeah. Before we um. Yeah, well, we'll see, and you know, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the open floor if he is announced in the legend. It'll be a very long edition um, if he is that special edition. Um, we got Thursday night footy back again. Who's going to win, Richmond or Carlton? Oh Jesus, I'm going to go. This is a really tough game because Marchbank is out for the Blues for eight weeks. Poor mm-hmm. guy, um, after being out for how yeah. many thousands of days. Um, Jeez. I think the Blues, I think the rich, the Tigers are just doing enough, but when you come yeah. up against a good side, that's not enough. No. So I think the Blues. Yeah, I think Mackay being back and watching him last Friday night, I think the Blues will get the job done. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, the Saints and Essendon. Have to be the Saints. Yeah, I would have thought so. Uh, Port Adelaide and Sydney on Saturday. Gosh, this is a tough one too. It's in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sydney have produced some well, great wins, obviously, against Melbourne last week. But how great is it now that they've lost to Collingwood as well? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Port need to win to hang on. Um, Logic says the Swans got a feeling about Port. Mm. I'm going to go Port. I'm going to go the Swans just to be different. But, yeah, yeah like it, it really is a toss of the coin game for me. I, I got no idea. And, you know, I may change when the teams come out, but um, <laughs> it's sort of hard to say. Um, one that won't be changing when the teams come out, it's um, it is the West Coast versus Geelong on surely, uh, the Saturday Twilight game. The, the Eagles. Here, I actually, absolutely, the, the upset of the season um, yeah. because they at home, they've, they've just shown enough <laughs> for me to think that this is the game that's going to turn around. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be surprised with you if they get within 10 goals. I 100% agree. Um, Giants and Bulldogs. Uh, similar to the Port Sydney game. Yeah. Um, Bulldogs hanging on, just yeah. uh, probably need to win to, you know, keep it going. Giants rejuvenated. Mm. That's in Sydney. Uh, and I go the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to pick them just because it's at home, but with no great confidence. Yeah. Uh, last game of the round, Sunday afternoon, Suns versus the Crows. Well, the Suns need to win this to keep their finals home yeah. alive too, and it'd be the first time they really – well, I'm sure I lie. They've, they've done well um, under the uh, auspices of expectation the last two mm. weeks against Hawthorne and North, um, and uh, I'd expect them to beat the Crows. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that um, GW, well, no, sorry, not GWS. That I think they'll win as well. But yes, I think the Suns will beat the um, Crows relatively comfortably. Um, I just like what they're doing through the midfield there at the moment, and I think they'll have the Crows covered there. Yeah, agree. Well, 
that's it. That's another episode of our Line in the Sand podcast done. Um, make sure you like and subscribe on whatever channel you're listening to us on. Uh, share share it with your friends and uh, keep an ear out for our special edition episode of um, um, covering the Hall of Fame as well as our own Line in the Sand Hall of Fame. Mm. And yeah, keep an eye out also or keep an ear out also next week for um, next week's edition of the podcast as well. Have I'm a good off night. To go, off to go and wrap my tux. See you, everyone. Bye. Nice.